ask you to open your Bibles to uh, Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 29 through 39 in the Living Bible, um, but I ask you if you have your Bible that you would follow along, and also it will be on the overhead. Romans 8 is one of the most remarkable passages of Scripture. I, I know I say that a lot about passages of Scripture, but I just pray that God's Spirit will take these verses and words from the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, and help us to understand what God the Father and our Lord desires to do in our lives. I want to thank you again for being so faithful in coming to church. It is always my prayer that God will have a word for all of us, including myself. I'm burdened that we would take these moments for granted. Now, I'm, I'm speaking of myself as well as that. God's got something to say to each person that's here today. And I just pray that we would let him do that. The way, one of the ways that he does that is through his word. So it is so important that our focus be not on whether the pastor has a good message or not, but whether the word of God is shared in a very simple and powerful way through the spirit of God and also through love. So I pray that I'll do that, that God will be honored, and that we'll all be blessed this day because we've met with the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're creatures of habit. I am grateful that for many people in this community, their habit is to come to this place and worship you. But Father, may it be more than a habit. May it be a celebration of the relationship that we have with you through your Son. May it be a celebration because we have a Savior and a Lord who daily watches over us and seeks to guide us and speak to us and seeks to meet our needs and give us direction as to how we can find life at its fullest. Thank you, too, that this is a time of celebration. We know, Father, that... Not only do we have a living Lord, but we serve a living Lord. So help us when we go through the doors to leave today that we'll go out to serve in your name. Father, I just pray that my words will be your words. I pray for each one of us, young and old, that you'll give us, Lord, a hunger to know what the Scripture says, to know what you desire to do in us and through us and for us. And, Lord, I just pray this day, this hour, Lord, that you will speak in a mighty and powerful way. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Eleven verses, beginning with verse 29. From the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him, and all along he knew who would, should become like his son. And, again, I just want to just point some things out briefly as we go through the Scripture. What was God's goal for us when we come to Christ? That we should become like his son. So that his son would be the first with many brothers. Verse 30. See if you'll go. And having chosen us, and by the way, did I mention, look how many times us is used in this passage of Scripture. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him and when we came, he declared us, underline this, not guilty. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's not talking about crimes. He's talking about sin. Amen. 
that when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are declared not guilty. Can you imagine that day when we do stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father? And all of our life has revealed every sin that we've ever committed, but because our sins have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we're declared not guilty before the Holy God. Filled us with Christ's goodness, gave us right standing with himself, and promised us his glory. That's future, okay? Verse 31. What can we ever say to such wonderful things as these? If God is on our side, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us all, won't he, won't he not also surely give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God No, he is the one who has forgiven us and given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ? No, for he is the one who died for us and came back to life again for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us there in heaven. Who then can ever keep Christ's love from us? When we have trouble or calamity, when we're hunted down or destroyed, is it because he doesn't love us anymore? And if we're hungry or penniless or in danger or threatened with death, has God deserted us? No, for the scriptures, and again notice, the scriptures. The scriptures tell us that for his sake we must be ready to face death at every moment of the day. We're like sheep awaiting slaughter. But despite all this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, the angels won't, and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow. Listen to how Paul says that. Our fears for today our worries about tomorrow, or where we are high above the sky in the deepest ocean, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. In the coming weeks, I hope that you and I will study the scripture and discover at least three areas that God wants to work in our lives. And look at these three areas, I believe, that are very clear in the Scripture and that are on the overhead. Three areas that God wants to work in our lives. What God the Father and Jesus desire to do for us. And probably this Sunday and another Sunday, we're going to look at Romans 8, what Paul says Christ has done for us. And the second way that God wants to work in our life, what God the Father and Jesus desire to do in us. Not only does God desire to do something for us, but he desires to do something in us. And thirdly, what God the Father and Jesus desire to do through us. So folks, I want you to think about it this way. What God has done for us, what he wants to do in us, and what he wants to do through us. The first thing we've got to do is answer a question. Do we truly believe that God desires to work in our lives? Do we believe that? Are we convinced of that? Are we seeking his will and desire for what he wants to do in our lives? 
How can you and I discover what God wants to do? Let, let me mention three ways, okay? And these won't come as a surprise to you. We can discover what God wants to do in our lives, number one, by studying and meditating upon the Word of God. I want to share some things with you from my heart again. And folks, I know you're hearing that more and more often. Folks, I want you to know that I struggle every single day to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I talk with you about serving the Lord, I want you to take me serious when I encourage you to read and study the Scripture. Folks, we must focus on the Word of God for our lives, for our families, and for our nation. And folks, I believe you and I already know that something that is missing in our day is a reverence and fear and understanding the Word of God. We've got to get back to the Word of God. The church of Jesus Christ must not seek to hear just simply entertaining sermons, but must hear the Word of God. Amen. And folks, it can't just happen here in an hour, in a I would say a 20-minute sermon, but I don't think y'all heard one of those in a long time, in a 35- or 45-minute sermon. Folks, we've got to get back to the Word of God. We must give God time and opportunity to speak to our hearts and minds. And folks, so much is competing for our time and attention. So let me, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to encourage you. I want to ask you to give Time in Bible study daily to God. Now, folks, I know I'm, I'm going to say some things that you're probably just going to let go right by you because I struggle with these myself. We, we don't have time, do we? We don't have time to sit down calmly and quietly with the Word of God. Let me make some suggestions, okay? Number one, get up earlier. Now, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck this morning. Folks, the problem is not with God. God's awake 24 hours a day. And if you allow him a few moments, and I can't tell you what would be good for you, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but get up early. Open your Bibles. Give God a special time in your day. May I encourage you, cut off the TV. Cut off the computer for X amount of minutes. And read the Word of God. Folks, I know some of you might be saying, well, I, I really, I'm not a good reader. I understand that. What many of you don't know is that most of my kin folks had very little education. My mother had a third grade education. My aunt could sign her name, and that was it. Folks, there might be some who can't read, but I want to share something with you. God has given many Christian radio stations. Most of us have cable vision and satellite TV. And folks, there's religious broadcasting on that. If you're riding down the road, did you know that there are Christian radio stations that you can listen to? And let me tell you why I'm really, I'm really saying all this. The truck that I have now has a six-month satellite radio thing on it and it's about to end it's going to end may the 28th now i wasn't raised in a cabbage patch so i know if you hold out on those guys they're going to cut the prices down and i've got them just about down to half price 
And, and I want to tell you, I, I, I have enjoyed that satellite radio. I listened to the 60s and 70s, and it makes me feel like I'm a teenager and in my early 20s again, believe that or not. But God has convicted me. Before I got that satellite radio, every morning if I went to Durham early in the morning, I would listen to the Lynchburg station, and I'm not trying to give a commercial for them. But you know what I listened to? I listened to preaching. Adrian Rogers, Vernon McGee, both those men are dead. But the word of God still speaks through their messages. Charles Stanley, David Jeremiah. And folks, I suddenly saw that I need the word of God as much or more than you do because I'm supposed to be up here sharing it with you. And if I get caught up on satellite radio and listen to the 60s and 70s, rather than feeding my soul, I'm hurting you and hurting my ministry. Now, I'm not saying that to say that I'm against satellite radio. I am not, okay? But in my particular situation, I need to give up the 60s and 70s music and listen to religious broadcasting so that I will be better prepared to come before you and serve you. And I'm not going to renew my subscription. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. Folks, I'm saying that as Christians, as a church of Jesus Christ, we've got to put priorities back in order. Did y'all hear that? I think I got a text. How many of you have been riding down the road? I stopped at a stoplight the other day here in Person County, and a guy, when he stopped at the stoplight, he pulled his, his, his telephone out and looked at it and started working on his text. If you go through the hallways and waiting rooms at the hospital, and it's not just young people. You know, I feel kind of dumb sometimes. You know, I don't walk around with my, I don't even pull my phone out because if I had to pull that antenna up, I know everybody's going to go to laughing at me, all right? <laughs> That's not a telephone. That's a little New Testament. You know something I thought about this week? You know who invented text messaging? God. And you know the greatest text that has ever been sent out is this word right here. And young folks and adults as well, there is nothing wrong with texting. But if it takes the place of our walking closer to the Lord. Folks, what I'm saying is there's so many ways that we could give God more time. We need to get back in the Word of God. Amen. And folks, again, I don't want you to think I'm standing up here trying to be critical. You know, have you ever thought about how much Bible study tries to get done on a weekly basis around the church? We're going to have 45 minutes of Bible study after the fellowship time. I'm not trying to criticize if you don't come to Sunday school, but folks, if you want a place that you can come and learn the Word of God, it's Sunday school. Wednesday night, we have Bible study for the adults. We have the youth program. We have the children's program. And all of this is about Scripture Sunday night. Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, some Monday nights, some Saturday mornings. Folks, listen to what I'm saying. This is not criticism. I'm saying we are turning away from the Word of God and letting something else take its place. And the church is saying we've got all these things where we want to serve you and give you the Word of God. Would you come? Would you be a part? Now, I'm not expecting everybody here tonight or Wednesday night. But folks, will you be willing to give God time? 
Will you be willing to give God time in your day-to-day life to study the Word of God? And I know I've heard all these excuses. The Bible's a hard thing to understand. Amen, brother, I agree with you. But when you know who the author of the Bible is and you go to him and say, Father, I got a weak mind and things are limited, would you speak to me? That makes all the difference. And I believe as we surrender time to God, you know, right now, my daily devotions, I've been reading First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. And folks, there is a continuous cycle in those books of where God's people have revival, then they fall away from God, they start worshiping idols, they throw away the word of God, they don't throw it away, they just lay it aside. Folks, in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, there was a great revival. And you know what? The people rediscovered the scripture. And when they stood up and read it, the nation of Israel repented. And God sent a revival. Until the church of Jesus Christ stands for the word of God as the word of God. And they're not ashamed of it. We need to get back to the basics. And let me tell you what those basics are. God loves us. God will speak to us if we listen to him. And because you and I love God and want to live for him, we will obey him. These other two I'm not going to spend as much time on. But folks, God has laid on my heart that if I don't stand before you with the word of God, I am so grateful for these projectors and screens now where we can put the scriptures up. Folks, don't worry. I'm not standing here critical of you. I'm burdened. I'm burdened that our church would not become weakened. Our church would not become a church that no longer cares because the word of God...